Driver off the first, you hit it OB. So it's back to the box, hitting three off the tee. Skull wedge to the front of the green, then three putt. I think it's time for a drink. Grab a beer and some friends. We'll go till we reach the 19th hole at the end. Keep it rolling till the sun goes down. Welcome back to another edition of the Friars Golf Podcast. Uh, Scott Alfin here with my buddy Matt Lawless. What's happening, man? Not too much. Uh, sitting here uh, recording the the day before the the U.S. Women's Open is getting ready to kick off. Um, I'm actually going to be working as a, a standard bear, so hopefully, uh, ho- hopefully, I, I get a good good pairing, and I'm really looking forward to hopefully learn a thing or two about watching watching high level golfers, but. Um, and I'm hoping, hoping today's interview also is going to be, be very useful in that regard. Uh, getting, getting a little more familiar with a course that a lot of people know the Kiowa Osh course, but also just kind of the overall resort in general. So looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm pumped. I mean, we're, we're, we're definitely deep in the heart of golf season already. Um, and I'm anxious to talk to our guest today. And let's just jump right into it, Matt. Uh, joining us today uh, is uh, the director of golf and activities from uh, Kiwa Island Resort, Mr. Brian Gerard. Welcome to the show, Brian. Well, thank you very much, Scott and Matt. Great. Uh, I appreciate you both having me on. I'm looking forward to spending a few minutes with you. Yeah, we 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 really appreciate you joining us. It's an honor to have you. You're uh, you're kind of a legend in the uh, in the southeast here for 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 what you do. We're interested to hear, you know, kind of your story of what got you into golf and tell us all about Kiowa and the, the history of the of the Ryder Cups and the PGAs and what's new that's going to be happening yep. and just getting to know you a little bit. No, that that, that sounds great. I'm um, looking forward to it. Yeah. So let's let's just jump right into it, um, Brian. What, what we kind of like to do with most of our guests at the beginning is just you know, you've been in the Kiowa area for, you know, it looks like 25 or, or plus years. But what got you into golf? Um, obviously, you know, uh, as a child, did you grow up in the game at a club? Was it was it family? Was it friends? What, what got you, you know, into golf from the, from the beginning? Sure. You know, I, um, I grew up in a small town in central Illinois, uh, Eureka, just outside of Peoria. And um, it was a nine hole public golf course there Kaufman Park golf course and uh, my parents would take me out there um when I was six or seven years old we had a, a family membership I have two older brothers and we'd go out after dinner um most nights um spring summer and early fall and and actually uh started working there when I was in my early teens they they had a job and uh, I applied for it and so at that point uh, I basically, I was at the golf course all the time, no matter what, whether I was, um, playing or practicing and, uh, or working. And, you know, I, I did that all through college. And, um, so I, I got hooked early on the game and knew that I wanted to make it a, my career in some form or fashion and, um, ended up doing, going to Western Illinois university in Macomb and, had to do an internship my final semester and I 
uh, chose Keel. Drove never been here before, and I drove down here and did my um, three month internship, and and they hired me as an assistant golf professional uh, when I finished that up. So um, that was '86. Uh, so I've been here a little, just over 35 years, and obviously I've been very fortunate. And things have fallen into place for me throughout the years. And I was, uh, spent five years as a head professional at Turtle Point, our, our Nicholas Golf Course, and 11 years as a head professional out at the Ocean Course. And I've been in my current position as director of golf for the past uh, well since 2006. That's so, that, that, that's a great story. I've got to I've got to jump in and ask this before I forget. But I I read something or, or heard something that when, when you left Illinois, you had a you had a couple options. One was Kiowa and one was Amelia Island. I, I loved both locations, but uh, why why was it Kiowa? And, and I wonder what it would have been like if you chose Amelia Island. You know, that's that's a great question. Um, when I I I, was, I got an internship at both places and I'll tell you what my decision factor was uh, both phenomenal facilities um, but the director of golf at Kew at the time his name was Tommy Cuthbert he was the original director of golf here we lost Tommy 10 12 years ago but um, I talked to him on the phone for probably 15 minutes and he was the true a true southern gentleman and frankly when I hung up the phone I was like, I want to work for that, for, for that guy. So that was my ultimate decision uh, maker was talking with him. And, um, and he was, uh, he was a mentor. He still is a mentor of mine. Um, taught me so much about the way you treat uh, what, what's really important in life. So I was very fortunate to start off working for him here at Kiowa. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's something I love about the South is is it's it's very easy to become fast friends with people a lot of times um everybody's so friendly and engaging and just just you know warm and welcoming um and it sounds like you had that experience with tommy yeah you know it really is and that and that that holds true throughout you know the carolinas pga section you know it's a very tight-knit group and, and other sections are tight too but you know the carolinas we um it, it's a special section. Um, I'm biased, obviously, because I'm a member of the Carolina section, but we, um, it's, it, it's real, it's wonderful to be a part of it. And the relationships and the bonds that you build throughout time, um, you know, they last a lifetime, frankly. And, and that, that's really special. And it's, it, it's hard to find things like that, you know, and, um, golf, um, is, has always been a way to build those relationships. You, you, you kind of mentioned something and you, you mentioned, um, you got to, to Kiowa in the, in the early eighties. And, um, I, I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, coming from, from those winters in, in Illinois is probably a welcome change weather-wise. <laughs> um, but how much is the resort and the golf offerings changed since you got there? I mean, I'm sure, um, it, it's changed tremendously and what, what's, what was there when you arrived and what's there now? Sure. Yeah. I, um, I was certainly looking forward to getting away from Illinois winters. There was, there was no question about that, but I actually, I came in February 
of 86 is came down and there were two golf courses here. There was, um, well, Betsy Carrison's a four lane road. Betsy Carrison wasn't built yet. So it was two lane all the way. The bridge was wooden when you came across, um, the inlet to get onto the Island proper. So, um, fresh fields obviously wasn't there. Fresh fields is a, uh, there's a grocery store, uh, doctor's office, um, a number of commercial places between Keel and Seabrook that wasn't there at the time. As far as golf offerings, we, uh, Marsh Point, which is now Cougar Point, that's our player design. That was the first golf course built on the island, opened actually in 1976. That was here. And Turtle Point was here, the Nicholas Golf Course. That opened in 82. So that was four years prior to me. Now, Osprey was being built, the Arfazio Golf Course, uh, when I got here. And it was um, actually the road stopped at Osprey um, as you're going east out towards the Ocean Course. The Ocean Course wasn't, um, wasn't in anybody's mind at that time. But um, it was getting close, though. And we, we can talk about that for a little bit, too. But um, Osprey opened in 88, like I said. So it was about a year and a half out before it opened. And then we hadn't acquired Oak Point yet either, the Johnston Golf Course, which is just off the island. We we uh, took over ownership of that in 97. So um, we've got 90 holes of golf and uh, by five great designers. But when I rolled in, there was there was only two. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, and, and I, I I know, uh, I'm sure everyone kind of got a lot of the the history last year with with y'all hosting the PGA Championship, but I, I listed a lot of those stories that went into uh, Pete and Alice die really. I mean, when they yeah. decided to to build um to build the the ocean course, uh, and and seemed like they uh were able to kind of take advantage of a bad situation with the, the big hurricane rolling through around the same time to kind of be able to 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 raise some of the holes and, and create some of those sight lines. But um, what was that time like whenever uh, they announced they were adding another course out there? Did, did, did really, did it kind of confuse people that there was additional room out there on the Island to build another course or, or what was, what was that time like? Yeah, well, actually um, the road that goes out there now at the time in 86, when I, when mm -hmm. I first got here was we used to have the, I, the resort had a Jeep safari. And you could get in these Jeeps and, and go all the way to the eastern tip of the island, which would be out there um, by number four at the ocean course. If you're playing number four and you look back to your left, the in a tip of the island. And uh, this recreational program would go back in there. But anyway, um, it was 89, and uh, they made the announcement. Uh, the Ryder Cup was supposed to be at PGA West in 91 out in California. It was a landmark property. We were owned by Landmark at the time. That's where the oak tree, our logo came from. But, um, you know, Americans lose for the first time on American soil at Muirfield Village in Ohio. Then they go over to the Belfry in 89 and they have. So Europe retains the cup. So now all of a sudden the Ryder Cup's a big deal. You know, prior to 87, I mean, Everybody knows the U.S. dominated the event. It wasn't that, you know, nobody really, I don't want to say nobody cared, but it wasn't a, a 
a big deal in the media and to the general public until 87 happened. And then, so Landmark decided to move it to the East Coast for TV viewership in Europe. And they made the announcement um, that they're going to bring it to Kiowa. And, I, you know, I was just a, a young kid at the time, a young assistant. And I was like, wow, I wonder if they're going to play. Well, Osprey probably doesn't have enough length. And, you know, Turtle, there's too many home. You know, it's really don't have the infrastructure to do it. I wonder what they're going to do. And they um, said, no, we're going to play it on. We're going to build a Pete now. We're going to build a golf course on the eastern tip of the island. That's where we're going to host the Ryder Cup in two, two years. There was no road, no golf course, no clubhouse, nothing. And I was like, okay. So I always remember the first time I saw that piece of property is uh, if you, when you're near Osprey, you can, um, the road really takes you. There's a beach club now there, but number 14 tee of the ocean course, it's the furthest west that you get. And that's where the golf course turns back to the east for the finish. And it's really built up high and Pete got it really, it's the highest spot on the golf course. And, but that was the access for, for a long time throughout the build and, and really uh, leading right up to the tournament. Um, you'd get in carts at Osprey and drive over. It's not that far really, but, uh, and I drove, I drove up there. I was with a couple other pros here and we, and I looked and it was just like, wow, you, you could just see forever. And, you know, you saw sand and ocean because he was routing it. Um, but it was just, and I knew then I was like, this is going to be really good. This is going to be special and something that we know, you know, the U S we haven't seen before. And then it started to take shape and you could start to see, you know, the, the design and, and when they sprigged it and, and then it was just a lot of anticipation and being a PGA member and you're hosting being on site where they're hosting and part of the team that they're hosting a Ryder cup. You know, I was, I was in heaven. I was like, this is anything a young guy could want and being part of that tournament. And, you know, we alternated days on who worked out there um, in the merchandise pavilion and doing things and then just rotated back between the other two golf courses. We used, actually, Osprey, when we used it for a parking lot. Um, so there's only two courses open, but what a fantastic week, you know, and for it to come down the way it did, Last putt, last hole, last match. <laughs> what more can you ask for, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's and that, that really seemed to to really put the put the course on the map. I, I remember listening to an interview with uh, the U.S. captain, and they told him uh, leading in that the course was the the course wasn't even built, but that's where they were going to be hosted. And it's just like a, it was just a, a shock to him. But yeah, it, it seemed like it definitely came through. Um, it, it was drama drama filled, and, and it seems like that's been the case kind of at, at each one of the kind of the major tournaments you all have hosted. Um, I'm sure that's just got to be a, a really, really fun time. Uh, I, I was lucky enough. The first time I played the, the ocean course was summer of 2019. And uh, I guess it was Pete Dye's group was out there and you could see they'd begun shaping the fairways and putting in the new tee boxes. And and I went up there to that, uh, that 14th tee box, like you, you mentioned, and you, you, you couldn't, couldn't have said it better. I mean, that's, that's easily the highest point on the golf course, but I mean, it's just all laid out there right there in front of you. I, I took the time to walk back all the way to the, the pro tees. And it's just, um, it's a, it's a beast of a finishing stretch in, in golf. That's, that's for sure. No, I mean, and, and really, you know, I, I was asked a number of times what, what 
makes the ocean course difficult. Let's make it special. Uh, obviously, the site that it sits on uh, and what Pete and Alice did with with that site um, is just phenomenal. But you know, it, you have to talk about wind when you talk about the ocean course because it it it's always going to be there. And when it isn't there, then that changes everything too, right? So, depending on direction and um, and speed. I mean, that's the big factor. And you can tell that from when we've had major championship events and the wind is how the scores have shown it. I mean, it's, it's, it's very simple when you, when you look at it. But, you know, from an everyday player standpoint, I think what makes it, in my mind, what's always made it so difficult is for the, for the first timer, especially, uh, you get out there and you get on some of the tees and you're like, okay, where, where do I hit this? And, um, then we started the caddy program in 2000 and that's helped us a lot through the years and what that's turned into today. But, uh, so trust your caddy if you're going to go play the ocean course <laughs> for the first time. And, but what Pete did, he draws your eyes to the trouble, right? You, he, he draws your focus to the hazards and what that does is that creates indecision. And no matter how, how good of a player you are, when you create indecision, you got problems, right? So, um, and even the second time, I, I, I think you would play out there. But once you get out there and play, and and you guys know, there's plenty of room to play golf. But when you're standing on some of the tees and hitting some of the shots, you don't really trust that and believe that. So, and I think Pete was was the greatest and the master at that with all his designs, but uh, particularly the ocean course. And then you throw the wind in there, and then you get your ball up in the air, and you lose control of it now. So you got indecision and you're going to lose control of it when you get it up in the air because you got to get it up in the air. You know, two, you got to get it up. Three, you got to get it up. Uh, five, you got to get uh, six is down. Uh, seven's up. Eight's up. Nine goes up. So, you know, um, a lot of right to left, left to right. And it's just wonderful to sit and talk about and how unique it is and how special it is. And then, you know, to get the best, to get the best players in the world to, um, to come and, and uh, put their skills to it and see how they can do it. It's, it's just a lot of fun to watch. That, that You kind of remind me of a, of a story. and it, I think that's one of the things that makes places like, like Kiowa and any other kind of public or resort courses that, that are also host to some of these major championships and some of these major moments that we're, we're so familiar with. Uh, the, the, I mentioned that the first time I played it, I, I snuck out of work. I, I was down in the area for work and, and snuck out in an afternoon and I got paired with a, a resort guest that's played the course 15, 20 times. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I, I was paired with another guy that was there for a um, medical professionals conference. Uh, and we're, we're sitting there, we finish up on the range and, and start walking to the first tee. And the, the doctor that I was playing with, gave, he, he looks over and he says, so do you play golf very much? I said, yeah, I usually play several times a week, uh, play, <laughs> play, play a good bit of golf. I said, what about yourself? He said, oh, no. He's like, I usually play about once a year. So that's when I knew I was in for – <laughs> an interesting day one way or the other and uh when we made the turn at nine he he made us stop the the cart that was shuttling us over to 10t because they need to run in and and buy a new set of new new dozen balls um somehow <laughs> yeah. he, he'd lost all the 20 that came in his rental set i think but uh and we're sitting there standing on 17t and he looks at me and he i, I talked to him I, I played a fair number of, of some of the top 10 public golf courses in the country and he looks at me and said so now that you've you've played the majority of the course he's like 
do you think this is a difficult golf course? <laughs> and I was like, well, I was like, if you look at any of the publications that, that list the, the hardest golf courses in the world and or the country, I was like, this one's always in the top two. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, I had no idea. And I mean, I, I have no idea what the guy shot, but I mean, he was grinning from ear to ear and shot 150. And, uh, and luckily our caddies kept us, kept us on time and all yeah. that stuff. But yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely an interesting one for a guy that plays once a year to, he got out to, got out to the ocean course, which I'm sure, I, I don't know if he realized well, how, how big of a treat that was, but uh, it, it definitely made for an interesting story for my first time out there. You know, that's the beauty of it, that, that, where they and I, I love what they've done, taking major championships to public golf courses every day or daily fees. That, and so people that um, can go experience the golf course and play it. And that's an interesting story because you know it's it's funny that the one he's playing once or twice a year and he goes and tees it up on the ocean course. I bet you were like, this is gonna be a long day. Yeah, I, I knew we were in for it. We we had a twilight round, and, and luckily the heat was down. I, I, I got lucky. Uh, I'm a native of West Virginia, and found out on the first tee that my caddy was from West Virginia. And, oh, nice. And we shared a lot of stories on the, that regard. So it made made for a really fun walk, and we all had a – we all had a lot of a lot of good laughs, but yeah, that was that was definitely it was funny. The the, the shuttle there picks you up at nine green, and he said, "I need to stop in." I wasn't sure if he was getting a dr- <laughs> another round of drinks or, or what he was going for, but uh, it definitely was. Yeah, I I think you're you're right, and um, I I don't know uh, if you guys have another date on the on the rotation or anything that uh, you're you're privy to even to let us know on that front. But yeah, it, it's it's great to kind of see. Uh, a lot of the major championships with the kind of say rota, but some of the the rota of the, uh, the some of the public institutions in the United States, uh, it's definitely a definitely a unique thing to to be able to go out there and play some of those those courses. Yeah, I, I can tell you, there's been nothing announced um, as far as as us getting another PGA. Now, would we like to have another PGA championship? Absolutely, um, that's not a secret. So, but nothing has been announced and. Um, if, if, and when something, um, is talked about and announced, we'll make sure, and I'm sure everybody will hear about that. But, um, as, as we're talking right now, currently no. And so, um, Hey, Brian, just, just to switch gears for a second and maybe kind of go to something, something else. I, I still want to ask you about Rory's uh, 2012 PGA and how he dominated, but we'll come back to Rory. But okay. um, um, it, can you tell me a little bit about the uh, sustainability that you guys are faced with? Because, you know, being right there on the coast, you know, what what types of measures have you guys had to go through and and, and how difficult is it to, you know, maintain such, you know, top conditions all the time? Yeah. Yeah, great question. Thanks for asking that. Um, you know, Ocean Course is, is uh, just because of where it sits. Our superintendent, Jeff Stone, who does a phenomenal job. We've worked together for probably close to 30 years now. And he, um, you know, he always, he said, and Pete said it too, that golf course walks. Now, when they say walks, that means sand blows out of the bunkers, the lips become higher, Um just a small maintenance uh, things that you have to deal with sprinkler heads um, becoming uneven uh, just little things like that, that you would sand dunes all over. And he has to deal with that on a daily basis and does a great job. Now, I think the one thing back in 2000, uh, 
three or four, we pushed past Palin, the salt tolerant um, grass in greens, teas, and fairways at the ocean course. We did that on Pete's recommendation. It was Bermuda grass when we're on a deep well out there. We couldn't take it high in sodium, couldn't take the salts. Well, Palum can take the salts. And uh, Pete recommended that we put it in. And it was at the time, uh, we were the furthest golf course north to have Palum. That's not true anymore. But at the time, we were. And uh, fantastic. Um, so much so that in 2014, we, we did it uh, Greens, Tees, and Fairways at Osprey. 15, we did it at uh, Turtle. 16, we did it at Oak. And 17, we did it at Cougar. So now we've got all five golf courses, green tees and fairways with past Palm. The very hardy grass um, can withstand the, the, the summer, can withstand the shade, recovers very quickly, and we can get the green speeds where we want them. Um, so I think from a standpoint of conditions year-round, and we are, you know, we play good year-round here, um, it... Uh, it has been a, a game changer for us to do those renovations and be able to um, have that quality turf at all five of our courses in these conditions where we sit. So I think that's probably um, the biggest decision and the biggest factor since I've been here that we've done was making the decision in the change of grasses. Do you guys, uh, you know, in the Charlotte area, my club here, we have, we've got champion Bermuda greens. Yeah, um, you know, and a lot of time in the winter, you know, in the winter we have to be on red alert to cover the greens because of frost. Yeah, have have you guys ever had to face issues like that with cold weather? I mean, I know it's rare, but no. Has, has there been any any issues over the thirty years you've been there? No, there has. We never have, and we've had some. We've had some cold winters. Uh, I actually, well, eighty nine was probably that was you. Eighty nine, <laughs> but um snowed here i remember and uh all kind of nonsense going on but um no i we we haven't had an issue a challenge with that we overseed we overseed actually with bent um on on our greens and uh rye and our tees and fairways so and rough but um to answer the question no we haven't had any any challenges with having to cover greens interesting I, I have to ask you this. It's on my list of questions, and, and I'm sure you saw this story uh, a month or so ago at, at the PGA, but um, it was it was big news when Tiger flew in a couple weeks early and played a practice round with the director of golf. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if Tiger Woods calls you and says, hey, Brian, I'm coming in two or three weeks early to play a practice round. When you join me, are are you are you gonna are you gonna attend as well? I mean, he's, it's Tiger Woods, right? Absolutely, it's once in a lifetime opportunity <laughs> that I'll probably that I'll probably never get. But if yeah, I, it's, if it, I get it, I'd take. It's, it's smart on Tiger Woods's side to try to get as much course knowledge as possible. You know. Yeah, and the the director of golf at Southern Hills there. I, I watched that story. That that was a great story. And he's well respected in the industry. And um, no, but I think any of us, um, given that opportunity, and because really, you know, I, closest thing for me was probably spending a day with Jack Nicholas when we did the um, the renovation here at Turtle Point. Him and his team came in and 
and to have that opportunity, he'd say, Hey, I want, you know, your superintendent, you, your head professional and, and the president of the resort, Roger Warren to go with me and my guys. And we're going to ride the golf course. We're going to spend the lunch and do that. And that was, that was, um, a once in a lifetime opportunity for a, a guy like me, you know, to be able to, to go out and spend the day and hear him do what he does from a golf course design standpoint. Um, so, you know, I would, I would, uh, that would be phenomenal. Do, do you have a, a Jack Nicholas story that you could share with us by chance? Something that you can think of? Um, well, the funniest, but when he, uh, when he first got here, he said, okay, we're going to ride all 18 holes. And we're not going to stop. I just want to see it. I hadn't been here since 2000. So they did a surround uh, renovation in 2000 and this was in 16. So we rode all 18 holes and then we would, then we go to the first hole and he stops in the middle of the fairway and he's got his, his assistant there and he's telling him, you know, we our contour and he put, some fairway bunkers in and he changed the elevation of the green. And so we're going through that whole process throughout all the holes and we get to 17 and there's a, turns out a father and a son in front of us. We really hadn't caught anybody all day, but we catch this twosome on 17. We're staying behind him, you know, Jack's doing his thing and we get to 18 and they must've realized who we were because it spread pretty fast that he was going to be out here. So we're on the 18 and we're right behind them. And, uh, and it got, you know, that you could tell the son was nervous and he hit it in the water and then he, you know, hit it right at the green and, uh, hit it in the bunker, took him four or five to get up and down and Jack's sitting there watching him. And so they get done and he's parked over, uh, the, the father and son are parked on waiting on us to come off 18. He comes off and Hey, can you score card? Mr. Nicholas, I, you know, and Jack says, sure. He takes it and he looks at it. He said, you act, you made a six on number 18. <laughs> and, and the guy, you could just say, you know, the guy kind of melted and just laughed and Jack kind of laughed at him and signed his card for him. And, uh, but you know, he was just a normal guy, you know, yeah. when he was talking to, to that father and son, it was very genuine and, uh, made the guy feel good. And, but other than that, no, it was pretty much uh, just a fun day to spend with them. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a pretty good story to be hanging out with Jack and Nick, Nicholas for 18 holes, uh, you know. Oh, and, they, and then have lunch, right? Yeah, and then have lunch. That's pretty cool. And so you, you kind of touched on that. That's, that's definitely, a, I'm sure, a one-off and very un, unique. But uh, And you mentioned you've had a couple different roles since you got to Kiowa. Um, and you listed, I think, before we, we started recording, um, kind of all the all the areas that you're you're kind of responsible for. Yeah. Um, what does a what is a day in the life of the director of golf at a, at a place like Kiowa? What does what does that look like? Um, kind of walk us through what what an average day looks like and, and what that kind of entails. Well, you know, that's the thing that I love most about my job, actually, is that I never know. Um, I work with great people and. Um, like I was mentioning, I'm, I oversee golf, rec, tennis, and retail at the resort, but there's five, um, awesome golf, head golf professionals and superintendents, uh, director of recreation, director of tennis, director of retail, all those 
all those folks. We've all been here a long time and we work together extremely well. And, um, you know, there's certain things that I do every day that the, uh, the normal routine, um, things that you have to do, but, uh, get around and see everybody as much as I can get on the, get to the facility, get to the different facilities, get to the different places where we have programs going and, you know, and that coincides with, with the meetings and the things of that nature that, that we all do, but, um, you, you, you never know. Um, and if, if I need to, I can go to one of these golf courses and take a ride and, um, get back to reality pretty quickly. And, uh, that's a, a huge benefit I've always considered for where I'm very fortunate to, to work every day on Key Island. Yeah, Brian, I'd like to jump in and just say, um, you know, our, our Friars group, uh, we'll kind of, we'll kind of pivot and talk a little bit about our, about our Friars group, but we're making a trip down early November, uh, playing golf at Ocean, Turtle, and Osprey. Obviously, the, you know, our, our group of guys and, and, and gals are golf nuts. So the golf is, is the big highlight for what we do. But may, maybe take a minute or two and just highlight some of the other activities, the other amenities, the restaurants, whatever you want to talk about that yeah. our listeners can, you know, think about as they plan their trip to Kiowa in November. Yeah, and we're certainly looking forward to having you, but. And, and right with that, with your group, golf is, is priority and number one. And that's, um, the main reason and why everybody's coming, but Kiowa has so much Kiowa and golf resort has so much to offer. We have, uh, 10 or 12 restaurants that we operate. We have, um, all kind of bike trails. The beach is phenomenal. We have nature tours, uh, world-class tennis facilities at the Sanctuary Hotel, and then our villa program with uh, homes, uh, one, two, three, and four-bedroom villas. So, and something that a lot of people don't understand is Charleston, downtown Charleston is tw 20 miles away. So, and if you've never been there, um, it's just, it's a historic, wonderful, relaxed, um, spend an afternoon city that is extremely enjoyable. So there's so much to do and um, that we offer to every member of the family. And, you know, whether it's a, a specific uh, golf vacation where you're coming for three or four days or whether you're coming for a, a week in the summer, um, I, you know, this is going to sound cliche, but jump on our website and look at at all the different offerings and all the things that there is to do at Kiowa. And I think it'll surprise a lot of people and the things that you can do while you're staying here. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's gotta be one of kind of the more unique uh, settings for, for they're out there that are really just, just golf and, and, and for avid golfers. But, uh, you guys truly, it doesn't seem like you have a, an off season. I mean, probably for, for the most avid golfers, they know probably spring and, and fall are probably going to be the best time of the year for, for weather. But, you know, I mean, this, this, you guys are ramping up for summer vacation season for families and, and that type of thing. Uh, I'm sure does, does life ever kind of slow down for, for you all as, as operating the resort or yeah. I'm sure you're probably full, full speed all year long. 
Yeah, well, the, the past two years, the past year and a half, we've been full speed all year long. But uh, historically, um, golf March, April, May is very strong with golf group. Uh, summer, uh, that that um, tailors down a little bit and the resort switch. And then September, October, November is, is big golf group uh, season for us. So depending on weather in December, you know, we can get some days – in December in the mid to high seventies. And, and it's awesome. Uh, January, January is probably the most iffy month we have at the resort. So it's, it's our slowest month. Um, you know, and we do, we talked about it earlier. There's a chance for some frost delays and things of that nature in January and the first couple of weeks in February. Um, so if we had to say off season, I'd say Jan, uh, January 1 through middle of February. Uh, everything else is, is pretty active and pretty strong. It's, uh, yeah, I, I know I've seen, and being a member of the Carolina Golf Association, I've seen some of the emails kind of come out for, for some of those, those winter packages you all offer. Um, and, yeah. and it's kind of, it's kind of, you might, might have a little bit of a cold morning, but I mean, when you're, you get out there walking um, the ocean course, I mean, that's, if you can get a 40, 50 degree day out there without, without a howling wind, I mean, that's, that's kind of perfect golfing conditions. Once once you walk a hole or two, you're going to be warm, and um, it's it's uh it, you you can't imagine a better a better walk um that that time of year. No, very manageable, and you know, and I tell a lot of people too when you're playing the ocean course, you have to throughout your round just you know do a 360 and take a look around at, at where you are and and the visuals that that you get out there. It um you know five. 5T, four fairway, 5T is phenomenal. Um, but just, you know, your whole way around and the different looks that you get. But a lot of people get um, get grinding on their game, right? And they're really focused in on um, just their game and playing. But you, you got to, when you're out there, you've got to, I think, blocking policy and caddies and all that has really helped us with all that. So, and just letting people enjoy the experience more. Yeah, that's Brian, I think you kind of summed it up right there at the end, right there. That you know, everybody, you, everybody needs to soak it up, enjoy, enjoy the moment, take it all in, and and just yeah. have have a great time. That's what the Friars Group is going to do the first week in November. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to be there with them. But, um, I mean, that's all I have for you, Brian. Matt, do you have anything in closing? No, I think kind of nail it. That, that's kind of the ethos of the Friars. Is we're going to go out there and there will be some kind of golf competition, but it's all about in, enjoying the, the, the golf, the camaraderie, and, and, and everything the, the resort has to offer. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to have to have to, to try to get on that trip if it hasn't sold out already. But, yeah, it's uh, thank you. Thank you a lot for, for your time today and, and, and all the information you kind of provided us. No, absolutely. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, everybody out there, thanks again to Brian Gerard, uh, the Kiowa uh, Resort uh, down in South Carolina. And we appreciate everybody listening. You're listening to the Friars Golf Podcast.